0: ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. Hi, my name is Irene Watson. I'm with Reader Views in Austin, Texas.
1: And I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'd like to welcome all our listeners to episode number 128 in our series. Tonight's topic will be Writers Beware, Warnings About the Schemes, Scams, and Pitfalls that Threaten Writers with our special guest, Victoria Strauss. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is AuthorsAccess.com. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at AuthorsAccess.com. Now, tonight we are on the line with Victoria Strauss, who is the author of seven fantasy novels for adults and young adults, including The Stone Books... The Arm of the Stone and The Garden of the Stone, and The Way of Arata Books, The Burning Land, and The Awakened City. She has written hundreds of book reviews for magazines and e-zines, including SF Site, and her articles on writing have appeared in Writer's Digest and many other places. She's been a, a judge for the World Fantasy Awards, and she is an active member of the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America. Vice Chairman of the Committee on Writing Scams and co-founder with Ann Crispin of Writer Beware, a publishing industry watchdog group that provides information and warnings about scams and schemes. She maintains the accompanying website, www.writerbeware.org. She received the Service to FWA Award in 2009 for her work with Writer Beware. Learn more about Victoria at her website, www.VictoriaStrauss.com. Well, good evening, Victoria.
0: Glad to be here. I'm really glad to be here with you as well because uh, I've been following your blogs and your website for quite some time and uh, I really, first of all, want to thank you for providing the service to us authors and anybody in the publishing industry for being the watchdog.
2: Well, you're very welcome. Uh, it really is my pleasure. It's uh, something that I've been doing for about 12 years now, and it's still a passion. So it's all good. It is
0: all good. and Your passion comes through because you're just right out there informing us about all these scams that are going on and frauds and schemes. and I, It just amazes me that you find them. So, just give us a little process. How do you how do you become aware of these schemes or issues or you know the frauds that come up?
2: Well, there are a number of of different ways. Um, I have an email address where writers can contact me and make complaints or report problems. Uh, I hear a lot of things or ask questions, um, and it's often from the questions, you know, someone who's run across a a contest and wants to know if it's legitimate, or uh, a new agency and wants to know if it's legitimate, that's often uh, how I discover some of the stuff that I blog about. Um, I also have a lot of contacts with people in publishing and with other professional writers, and uh, they often write to me if they've if they see something that they think I'll be interested in. And um, I'm interested in, you know, schemes and scams mm-hmm. and anything that uh, is a threat to writers. But there's also some really crazy stuff that goes on uh, at the fringes of the publishing industry, like uh, author reality shows, for instance. And I'm especially interested in that kind of bizarre uh, thing that uh, is a little bit amusing and a little bit scary well, all the reality
0: shows, okay, fill me in, because this is the first time hearing of
2: this. (laughs) Well, there's a good, there's a reason why it's the first time you're hearing about it, which is that none of these have ever gotten off the ground. Um, Basically, most of them have an idea of um, following writers through the writing process with publication at the end of it. You know, who can write their novel the fastest or, who can be the best self-promoter? So it's the same principle as a lot of the uh, contest reality shows out there. But the truth is that authors are just not all that interesting. People love books, but I don't think they love off- authors so much, and nobody is really interested in the process. So I've come across six or eight of these, but not a single one has ever actually turned into a, a going concern. Wow.
0: Okay, it's the same. that's the first time I've heard about it, and I guess, as you say, that's probably why. So when you get this information or a lead, I guess we would call it, what type of process do you go through to provide, make sure that this uh, information is accurate and it's just not a uh, disgruntled author complaining or, you know, uh, or just a rumor that somebody started and it just went viral because of the Internet? I mean, there's so many different ways these things take off, and how, how do you come to the terms of it, that this is an, an issue and you need to write about it?
2: Um, we, we at writer Beware, are extremely careful to, um, to do our research, to verify any statements that we make, and uh, as you say, to make sure that we're not reporting on rumors or hearsay or just someone's sour grapes. Uh, For instance, I often hear from writers who are angry with um, a self-publishing service like AuthorHouse because they haven't made a lot of sales and they think they've been scammed. Well, in fact, you know, that's a known risk of publishing with a service like AuthorHouse and it's the expectations that were a problem, not the service. Um, so where I can, I ask writers to provide documentation uh, if they tell me they were charged a fee for a service uh, that they shouldn't have been charged a fee for. I ask them to send me a contract or an email or anything that can verify that. Um, I also – we don't open a file on a publisher or an agent or a contest unless we have one report with documentation or at least two self-supporting reports. So if two writers contact me and say, this particular agent charged me $350 to submit my work – um, we figure that these that that the emails support one another and uh, it's not just a one time fluke uh so we really are very vigilant about uh making sure that what that that the complaints that we receive are documented. I also do a lot of internet research um uh And um, I talk to people in the publishing industry who can often give me information or help me to evaluate or assess things. So um, it's one of the reasons that Writer Beware is is trusted, is that our information is very well documented and carefully researched.
1: Right, and that certainly gives you the uh, the credibility you deserve uh, using multiple sources and so on. Well let's let's get right into the 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 nitty gritty of it. Tell us about uh contests and awards and what once how do we know which ones are real and which ones aren't?
2: Um well there's uh on the Rider right Beware website there's an entire uh section devoted to contests which offers uh a bunch of tips for assessing contests and some warning signs. Um Basically, for a contest or an award, the first thing that you want to do is make sure that the organization conducting it is reputable. Um, if you can't, rec- if you can't find information on the organization, um, it's probably a good idea not to enter because you need to be sure that this is a reputable outfit. Uh, Good contests will also have clear guidelines that are fully disclosed on the contest website, um, stating the condition of entry, uh, whether or not you surrender any rights by entering, what the um, entry fees are, uh, what the prizes are, the schedule of uh, notifications when the winners will be declared, um, and it's also a good idea um, with a contest to be able to know who the judges are because the prestige of a contest is closely tied with the rigorousness of the judging. And if you don't know who's doing the judging, you have no way of assessing that. Um, there are a lot of uh, – con- there are some contests out there that are really just – uh, come On's, for instance, there's one that's conducted by a literary agency, and everybody who submits gets a, an offer to edit their book for $350. Um, I've also run across contests that were uh, sort of cooked up by individual authors uh, as a way to sort of make them look more reputable, you know, self-publishers, to make it look as if they are their real uh, trade publisher. Other contests, in fact, I just blogged about one today where simply submitting to the contest, uh, you surrender all rights to your entry. So you really need to read the fine print. Um, so you, you need to be careful, you need to do your research, and you need to carefully read the guidelines.
1: Wow, those are some uh, some amazing things that you've run into. Irene and I have both run into recently sort of, I don't know how to describe it, except like contest clones, the same company will run the same book contest under maybe 12 different names. And, uh I if you seen that
2: um yeah, and things like it. That's usually a sign of something that's a money maker for the organization you know there's often there are high entry fees associated with contests like that, and if you can run twelve different contests and get five hundred entrants each time, you can make a nice amount of money so for for that, I mean often with these con with contests like that, they do give out the prizes. Um, and I, I, in fact, I, I'm pretty sure I know the contest that you're talking about because I've been getting spammed by its various, uh, incarnations. It has about 12 or 15 different, uh, names, but it's all run by the same company. Um, and usually in cases like this, you, they do give out the prizes, so they're not scams. You know, they don't take your entry money and disappear, but they have absolutely no prestige associated with them, and um, they tie up your work for a little while because sometimes they demand exclusive submission, and uh, they just really aren't worth writer's time. So I, I personally think that contests, in general, are a waste of time. Uh, there are some that are prestigious and some that have reputable publication as the prize, but really, the real contest is getting published, so why not just submit to agents for publishers? Why waste your time with contests?
1: Very good points, very good points. Let's talk about kind of a slippery area, which is uh, electronic publishing and e-books. I mean, to a lot of people, it looks like the pot of gold, but uh, there may be things to look out for. Is that right?
2: Um basically the same things to look out for with any publisher um you don't want to go with a publisher that charges a fee unless you're self-publishing um you want to watch out for bad contract clauses you want to avoid brand new publishers because they tend to go bust uh, at a very high rate and you can sort of get Dragged down by the chaos, if if they have a long claim on your rights. Um, the thing to remember about eBooks is that uh, they're growing. The market for eBooks is growing at a really phenomenal rate, uh, and eBooks are here to stay, and they're definitely going to be a major part of the market. But right now, um, there's something like nine or ten percent of the total market so there's it's still a pretty limited field and um, there are some electronic self-publishers who are making a lot of sales and a lot of money but um, your average author can't necessarily count on that so anyone going into e-publishing as with any kind of publishing needs to do their research be aware of their options and have realistic goals for success, and then they are more likely to be satisfied with their experience and not to get scammed.
0: Victoria, you had uh, mentioned about literary agents just earlier as you were talking, and for instance, charging three hundred and fifty dollars and in the last little few little while, I would think probably a few months or so i've been hearing, and i 'm not sure if these are just rumors, but the fact that the agents aren't going together and trying to establish some kind of an organization so that they can actually charge a fee, and mainly this is because of the publishing industry has changed so drastically, that a lot of these agents are finding that they are doing a lot of work, taking on authors, pitching, spending a lot of time with really not being paid for it because they can't get a contract so I'm not sure what you know about this. If this is just a rumor, if this is, you know, really going to be happening, that they are going to be establishing some type of a fee
2: system. Um, I have I have heard that rumor too, and as far as I know, it's completely baseless. Um, first of all, there is no mechanism by which they could do that because agents, agenting is a completely unregulated and unlicensed profession. So there's n- no kind of, um, group by which they could enforce such a policy. Um, the, the one, prof- the professional, all of the professional, um, agents groups in the US, the UK, and Australia have various prohibitions about, uh, fees and reading fees. Um, so, uh, you know, agents who are members of these organizations and uh, most successful agents are members of these organizations, that isn't something that they could do. Um, they wouldn't be able to charge breeding fees, for instance. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I I have to say, I have no idea where this rumor is coming from. I think maybe it might have to do with A discussion that sort of was percolating around the the internet and on Twitter a number of months ago um, as a theoretical question should agents charge? Certain kinds of fees should they should they charge by the hour? Should they charge reading fees? But this was a completely theoretical discussion, and um, you know there there is no movement afoot to uh, to enforce fee charging or to create a cabal of agents that are going to get together and charge fees to authors.
0: Well, thanks for clarifying that, because I've heard that so many times, and, uh, but never did see it really coming into effect. So one of the things that I know that you always have a lot to say about are vanity and or subsidy publishers, which basically is the same thing. And, uh, you know, you have a list of the ones to be beware to be of. So I would just like you to address vanity and subsidy publishers and really, you know, are they scammers are they you know is there a scheme behind it what's really what's really going on there
2: um there are the line between self-publishing and vanity and vanity publishing has really blurred so um often when people say vanity publishing they're talking about self-publishing and vice versa so uh it's it's I know I use the term vanity publisher. I probably should just say fee-based publisher instead because vanity is a pejorative term and, as I said, the lines are blurred, so it's confusing. But anyway, um, just as with any publisher or any agent, there are honest ones and dishonest ones. Um, And the honest fee-based publisher or a publishing service like iUniverse um, will be completely upfront about the fees it charges, the services it offers, um, and the potential benefits um, that it offers. It won't try and convince authors, for instance, that um, paying to publish is the way that most authors get their start. Or that if it's a fee-based publisher, it's highly selective because, you know, if your main source of income is the fees your authors pay, you can't really afford to be that selective. Um, so uh, the basically all fee-based publishers, honest and dishonest, make most of their income from what authors pay them. But some of them are straightforward about this and some of them aren't. And um if you submit to a publisher that says, oh, we're a wonderful independent traditional publisher, Uh, we care for our authors, we give you wonderful service, we'll produce a beautiful book and put it into worldwide distribution, and then once you query them, you discover, oh, wait a minute, you have to buy 500 books as a condition of the contract, or you have to pay for editing, or you have to hire one of their publicists. That's dishonest because it's not disclosed up front, so you, what you want to look at is full disclosure up front. You don't want to find out anything after the fact that isn't revealed initially on the uh, publisher's website. You know, you had mentioned this a um, fact about
0: buying, let's say, 500 books. I know that there are some traditional publishers, small publishers. Well, they actually say that they're large as well, too. They boast that. That uh, they don't disclose that up front, but however, once they look at your manuscript and give you the offer, quite often what they do offer is that you have to buy 5,000 books. And yeah, well,
2: that's, uh, in my opinion, that's completely dishonest. Mm-hmm. And I would class such a publisher as, um, I, I would definitely provide a warning about a publisher like that. I mean, reputable professional publishers do not require authors to pay fees or to buy their own books. Um, if they do, they're either publishing services or book manufacturers, but they should be open about that fact. They shouldn't conceal it and uh, reveal it only after authors have already sent them a, a query. There are a lot of There are a lot of companies like that that uh, present themselves to the world as traditional publishers, but in fact, they have all kinds of hidden fees, and authors don't find out about them until after they, you know, after they query, and, you know, once you query and you get an expression of interest, it's a lot harder to say no, so, and these publishers know that, which is one reason why they conceal their fees.
0: And quite often this is uh, disguised as uh, co-publishing. I think that's the term that some of them are using now, too.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually a pretty old term. It was used by uh, Commonwealth Publications, which went bust in, like, 1998. Uh, It called itself a co-publisher or a partner publisher. There are all kinds of euphemisms. But what it boils down to is that Authors have to subsidize the publication of their books, and the company is usually making a profit on their fees no matter what they claim.
1: Great. Thanks for that explanation. That really puts a sharp focus on it. Um, What about uh, writer services? What should writers be aware of in looking at those?
2: Um, there are there are there are a lot of writer services. Many of them aimed at self-publishers um, who don't have um, access to editors, professional cover designers um, that uh, traditionally published authors do. Where it's part of the publication package. If you're in a self-publish, you usually have to buy those ser- services separately. Um publicity services there's just a whole range and um once again, you need to do your research, get references, um, do price comparisons because there is a really wide range of prices, and some people really overcharge. For instance, Author House and iUniverse and those kinds of companies uh, sell marketing services and they're unbelievably expensive. A lot of things you could either do yourself or or get somewhere else cheaper. Um, You know, and if you're any writer who is wondering about the reputation of service or the usefulness of a service, um, can contact writer Blair and we'll look in our files and give an opinion. I mean, it, it really is the Wild West out there as far as that goes because there are a lot of co- incompetent people who are offering services, editing, copy editing, and publicity in particular that they're not really competent to provide. You just have to be careful. Be careful, do your research, and get references.
1: Great. Um, I wonder if you could just take a minute to uh, maybe we can dispel some of the, the other types of uh, email rumors that go around, uh, like the one I I remember hearing about that to be uh, on Amazon was only going to uh, include books from Book Surge and so on.
2: Oh yeah, that actually was true. <laughs> um, at and this was a, a few years ago. Amazon decided that it would direct sell. It would sell directly from his website as opposed to through one of its associate programs. Um, it would direct sell only books that were printed by its own. POD uh, subsidiary which at that point was called Book Surge but is now called Create Space um, and these were these were print-on-demand books only um, didn't apply to uh, offset printed books but the uh, because there are a number of print-on-demand uh, printers Lightning Source is another really big one and um, Amazon is huge <laughs> it has uh, it can make a policy like that, and um, publishers and publishing services have to comply because it's such a major market. Um, and uh, um, uh, a, pub- a, a self-publishing service called BookLocker uh, sued Amazon over that, and the suit was settled. I can't recall the resolution. But in the end, um, you know, there was a lot of protests, People were saying, this is really bad. Amazon shouldn't be able to do this. It's a monopoly, blah, blah, blah. But uh, ultimately, everybody capitulated. If you want to sell a POD book directly on Amazon, well, I shouldn't say that because I'm not sure exactly what the situation is now. But the bottom line is that wasn't a rumor. That really happened.
1: Well, isn't that funny? There's usually some weird kernel of truth in those things. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: there often is. I mean, you sometimes you have to trace it back away. ways. You know, these things don't usually come out of thin air.
1: Right. I want to ask you something that's bugged me for a long time, and it's, uh, uh, I mean, authors really want to, to take advantage of media opportunities, but I've run into uh, both, you know, FM radio shows and, and Internet blog shows that have Guest fees are up to 150 or $200 to, to make an appearance. I wonder if you have any opinions on that.
2: Uh, yeah, I think it's highway robbery, and I don't think anyone should ever, ever pay to be on a radio or a TV show. I'm, I'm getting more and more reports of this. It seems to be becoming more and more common, and I think one of the reasons is that some of these Internet radio stations charge the host, so the hosts are passing the costs on to the guests. Um, but I would I would say to any author, don't do it. <laughs> you know, there are not good shows that you can appear on for free. Don't ever pay for uh, media time.
0: Actually, uh, that's great. You know, Block Talk Radio is one that um, was free uh, for a long, long time. And just recently they are now have a fee for anybody that wants to, uh well, no, that's not true. they still have a do they do have a a pre blurb that you can put in somewhere or another, but you can't get uh you're limited on time and uh, the other thing is it, your shows can only run at the times that nobody else wants, but they are now asking for a fee to have a show, so I would imagine we will probably find more and more uh hosts going ahead and uh, charging the people to they interviewed for yeah. them yeah. So, one thing I want to ask about is I'm inundated with emails about getting my book into book fairs or expos and, you know, the, the price range is two for an entry fee. I, I, I just all over the board. And I'm wondering what really happens if I send somebody a fee and six of my books, where do these books end up? Do they actually go to book fairs or who really cares? You know, if they're there or not.
2: I, I You know, it really depends on, on who you're dealing with. There's, um, I cannot remember the name, but it's the, com- I think it used to be called the combined book exhibit. Um, and you could pay a fee for them to take your book to various book fairs. And the books really do go to the book fairs, but what happens is they get put in a kind of um a little area outside the main book fair. The last time I was at B E A I went over and looked at the uh the combined book exhibit or whatever it's called. I think it has a different name now. I went over and looked at its little area and it was just a big area of shelves set up outside the main book fair with a lot of books on the shelves and There was, you know, there was no real signage. There was nobody there meeting and greeting. It was just books on shelves. So that's, you know, your book is there at the book fair, but the odds are that most people are going to walk right past it and pay no attention to it. Um, I believe that there are some some people that will actually – that actually have have booths within the book fair and will bring your book there and display it. But whether or not that's worth your money depends on what kind of connections the person or the service has. You know, because just displaying books at a book fair is meaningless. You need someone to actually market them and someone with connections to publishers and agents who's going to be able to say... Look, here's my catalog. Here's a great book I think you might be interested in. Um, I I I would be very wary of that kind of service. So before we uh, close, uh,
0: Victoria, what do you have some to, uh, to say to our authors and listeners? We have a lot of authors and publishers that listen to uh, these broadcasts, and some words
2: of wisdom. Oh, oh dear!
1: We're <laughs> with them? Um,
2: I'm feeling the pressure now um, i I think that the most the most important thing for any author is to be informed. I hear from so many writers who um are jumping into the agent or publisher hunting process without first having taken the time to really. Research and understand the way the publishing industry works. And, um, if you don't know how things are supposed to work, it's a lot easier for someone who's hasn't got your best interest and in heart at heart to convince you to do something that isn't in your own best interest. So, um, any author thinking of getting published should first, um, you know, buy a book, uh, a how to get published book. There are a lot of them out there. You can go to your local Barnes and Noble or whatever and spend some time in the area where books on writing are shelved. Um, just have an idea of the way the publishing industry works before you start trying to get published. And then it'll be a lot easier to research agents, to make decisions on whether you want to approach the big publishers through an agent or you want to approach smaller publishers directly. Do you want to self-publish? Uh, do you want to e-publish? There are so many more decisions now that authors need to make about publishing. So knowing... Something about your chosen field before you jump into it is more vital now than ever before. I mean, in the old days, there was one option, print publication, or two options, print publication or vanity publication. That was really it. Now we have just so many different options for authors, and some are appropriate, some are not, some are good, some are bad. Uh, And then there are all the scammers who are out there trying to cheat you, so... Educate yourself. I think that's the single most important thing that any writer can do. I so agree
0: with you. Research, research, research. Ask questions. Ask, ask, ask. And, uh, you know, that's the bottom line, really. And uh, really, you know, if you're going to be working with someone, regardless of what it is, if it's a publisher or a
2: publicist or
0: an editor, ask a lot of questions.
2: Ask for referrals. Absolutely. And don't just assume that someone who is making authoritative statements on the Internet knows what they're talking about. If you come across somebody, you know, somebody's blog who is putting forth information and advice, check their credentials because there are a lot of people out there talking about things that, who aren't really qualified to talk about them. That's the danger of the Internet. The Internet it is, is just an incredible research resource but there's at least as much bad information out there as good, and you need to know how to filter it in order to uh, use, use the information effectively and also to protect yourself online. You know, that's so true,
0: Victoria. I, uh, I have a blog that I ask people to uh, contribute to. Information and it 's basically to do with anything to do with publishing industry, and I put a call out and i 've had people wanting to put blog posts on that are not experts in the industry, although that 's what I ask for, but what they want to do is create blogs something to do in the publishing industry, but then have the link backs to you know some other sites that have nothing to do with uh, publishing but jewelry or you know, some electronic equipment or whatever, and um, so this is like I say, it's important to really see who the information is coming from, and do they really know what they're talking about?
2: Yeah, it's funny. I put out a call for guest bloggers a while back, and I had the exact experience, <laughs> uh-huh. plus which I'm now getting spammed by um, very by SEO. Based mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. places, you know, like onlineuniversities.com yes. wants to do a, a blog post for of aware. Yep. We have <laughs> yes, that's for sure.
0: Victoria, thank you very much for, as I say, taking the time to be with us and giving us a little insight for what we really need to be aware of as authors and uh, publishers. And uh, listeners, Victoria's website is WriterBeware.org. Check it out. There is tons of information, tons of information. Victoria and her crew have definitely given a lot of time into research, and as she had mentioned, they do the research
2: before they print anything. Thanks again, Victoria. Thank you so much.
1: All right. You've been listening to another podcast edition of Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is AuthorsAccess.com. Stay tuned for the next episode, Creating a Local Historical Book with Special Guest Tyler Tischler. We would love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at AuthorsAccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press.
0: For reader views in Austin, Texas, this is Irene Watson saying good night.
1: And I'm Victor Wolfman from Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening.